April 16th, 2023. We're continuing in Mesilat Yesharim. We're at the end of Perek Yod Aleph, concluding the Pirte Midat Nikiyut, the details with regards to this Midat, this character trait of, of cleanliness. Cleanliness, of course, with regards to our actions, with regards to our character traits. And Mesilat Yesharim, at great length, brought us through discussions of those prevalent sins and the uh, pitfalls of human beings with regards to character traits. And in his concluding sentences and paragraphs, he's been discussing ta'ava, kabod, kin'ah, different character traits, ka'as, which are uh, detrimental but very prevalent amongst uh, human beings, amongst us. Al-Ken, he writes at the, uh, at the end here, Amru Razav HaChamim in Masechet Avot has the following statement, HaKin'ah VeHata'ava VeHakabod Mosi'in HaOlam. You should know that uh, that which, uh, so to speak, removes a person from involvement in true life and existential uh, life is Kin'ah, Ta'ava, and Kavod, is uh, when a person um, uh, is, is envious of others, when a person is lustful with regards to their uh, general uh, approach to life, when a person is seeking Kavod, seeking the self-honor, V'hizhirunu, and furthermore we're warned, don't search for, don't request greatness in terms of stature, and don't uh, covet um, respect. Kamahem shemitanim baraav viyashpilu et atzmam nihitparnes min atzedaka velo itaseku ba melacha shelotiye mechubedet beinehem yiratam penim at kevodam. Says Misilat Yesharim. Look at how many people will literally starve and suffer just so, and and go even further. Accept sedaka accept alms and, and charity from others just so that they won't have to be involved in a work, in a vocation, uh, that they believe is below their honor. So, so that they're not osek b'melacha, an action which in their eyes is not mechubedet b'einehem yiratam penyimat kevodam. Uh, so they'd rather be involved in accepting money from others and being mashpil themselves, lowering themselves to a dependency upon others, instead of lowering themselves in their eyes through working in a field, in a, in a situation which is below their honor. Is there anything more ridiculous and more, uh, more outlandish than a person who won't uh, so to speak, in their eyes, lower themselves to work appropriately and with honor because they think it's dishonorable. It says, is, is it in their eyes for some reason appropriate? I mean, how can, how can they imagine? How could you imagine it so? A person who's involved in shi'amum, a person who's involved in boredom, brings themselves, the Gemara says, in Masechet Ketubot, to zima. Zima is inappropriate sexual engagements. A person who has too much time on their hands gets involved in the wrong matters. Gezel, perhaps to, uh, to thievery. What's the sourcing on thievery that a person who's not involved in melacha will make their way to thievery? Probably the Gemara Masechet Kiddushin, where the Gemara cites 
uh, a statement that a person who doesn't teach his child a melacha is melamedo listut, should teach him how to steal. And the Gemara says, listut atah. You really mean to tell me that you're supposed to teach him to steal? Says the Gemara, Ela, rather it's ki'ilu, it's as if you're teaching him. And the idea being, if you haven't taught him a job, well, what's he going to end up doing? He's going to find him sway to needing money. He'll bring himself to Gezel and to kol gufe averot, says Misilat Yesharim. You see what Misilat Yesharim, in somewhat of an unspoken way, is, is, is making clear to us is that Melacha, although there's a tendency for us to sometimes imagine uh, the highest level of the human being is to just be involved in uh, a world outside of work, outside of uh, labor, He's saying that's, that's to a certain extent what gives a person kabod. And he's not citing it directly, but the Gemara Masechin Nidarim and Memtet has a statement that Melacha is mechabedet et be'aleha. Melacha brings forth the honor to those who are involved in it. Uh, just this past Shabbat, I quoted from uh, a beautiful piece of Rabbi Sachs' book on the Mu'adim, in his book, uh, Ceremony and Celebration. He points out over there, he says that the mahloket between the Pirushim and the Baitusim, between the traditional bearers of Torah Baalpeh, as the Gemara has in the Masechim Minachot, uh, um, and those who were the Baitusim, those who were from different sects during the second uh, Beit HaMikdash time period. Uh, they had many famous disputes. One of them was with regards to defining when Svirat HaOmer, when the Korban HaOmer was to be brought. So the Torah says, Mimahorat Shabbat in Vayikra Perikav Gima. It's from after Shabbat. How do you define that word Shabbat? So the Baitusim, those uh, other sects, defined it as on a Sunday. After Shabbat means you begin counting the Omer, you bring the Korban on Sunday. Not today per se. It was the Sunday, according to most, on Pesach. Uh, there were others who had it as the Sunday after. There were some who had it as after Yom Tov. And uh, in contrast to that, the Perushim, our Torah tells us that the word Shabbat is defined not as Shabbat Bereshi, not the seventh day of the week, which in turn means on Sunday, but rather the first day of Yom Tov. That's the definition of it. So Rabbi Sachs put forth the following suggestion. He points to the words of Harambam in Perek Zayin of Hilchot uh, Timidim Musafim, and Harambam over there has the following claim. Harambam brings a proof for uh, the Perushim, for our tradition. He quotes from Yehoshua Pereke. In the Yehoshua Pereke, the Pesukim described how when we just began settling the land of Israel and we were harvesting the crops of the land of Israel and the man stopped falling. And the Pesukim then said that it was after Pesach, Mimachorata Pesach, uh, we began to eat from the produce of the field. So it says Harambam, you see? Instead of Mimachorata Shabbat, and Sefi Yeshua, it says it explicitly, Mimachorata Pesach. It's a slam dunk proof. So as Rabbi Sachs says, but pay attention to the context. The context over there is Pesukim that describe no man any longer. We're harvesting the produce of our own labors, and in turn, uh, we're celebrating and realizing Hakravata Omer and counting the Omer. I'll put that on one side. I contrast that with, he says, the Baitusim, the non-traditional approach. They say that it needs to be on Sunday. Now certainly they point to the Pasuk, which says, Shabbat, the day after Shabbat. But he says there's something in his mind greater at stake and in their mind over here. He says we have a tradition, it's Kimaran Shabbat Daf Pezayin, Rashi quotes it at the beginning of Shemot Perek Tezayin, that uh, the man first fell on, would you know it, Sunday. 
Also, the suggestion is that the Baitusim, the non-traditional sect, said that when we count the Omer, when we turn to God and we're appreciative of what we have, we're really zoned in specifically on the man. In truth, the man in Shemot Perek Zayin is described as Omer Legulgole. That's where you see that word Omer, one of the three places in the Torah with regards to the man. So for the Baitusim, the man, which was the bread of heaven, is our paradigm of what we eat, what is our thankfulness to God. Whereas the Perushim, our tradition, alternatively says, no, we focus on after the man's falling, no longer man. It's our own produce which we turn into something which is sanctified and we give to God. What Rabbi Sachs suggested in turn was that's an implicit statement of the rabbis with regards to our appreciation of melacha. It's not to say that it's the utmost of importance and significance in our lives, but it is to say that we don't see ourselves as those Baitusim did, as a group, as a nation of people who revere just the elite, who envision the ideal lifestyles being one where there's the bread from heavens which is going into our mouth. No, 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 absolutely not. The Torah is highlighting, the Torah is saying to us, the Omer, the thankfulness to God, the appreciation of the food which is going into my mouth is not per se for the man. That's fantastic, but that's heaven, heavenly bread. It's rather the produce of the ground which I brought forth. It's gedola mechabedet It's Mesilat Yisharim's implicit mention over here as well. What he's telling us is there are people who believe it's greater for me to not be working and to sustain myself from others instead of finding purpose, instead of finding honor and dignity in the very work which is part of the reality of human beings. It's, so to speak, understanding the banishment from Gan Eden as a reality of pecha that you're going to, by the sweat of your brow, need to bring forth bread. Oh, but if only it wasn't so. Uh, maybe we should have just a priestly uh, elite as our nation. No, no, no. That's, that's a reality which, yes, it may have come as a consequence of Arur, but in turn, we've transformed that. In turn, the Torah has said to us and makes clear to us, as the Hachamim do, uh, don't look at this as something you're running away from. Look at this as an opportunity, as a challenge to transform. It's similar, of course, to the banishment from the Gan with regards to clothing. Initially, Adam and Hava crafted themselves clothing, which was a negation of what they had in the Gan. In the Gan, they were naked. Everything was exposed. There was no barriers. They craft for themselves clothing. We look at clothing historically as beged, as mi'il, as an act of abandonment, as an act of betrayal. That's what the word beged and mi'il mean, right? Something terrible. You sinned, you're building a barrier of uh, something that separates between yourself and others, yourself and God. And of course, the end of the Perek then describes how HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes kotnot or vayel bishem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, excuse me, HaKadosh Baruch Hu crafts for them kotnot or. He makes for them uh, cloaks, he makes for them tunics made of uh, of, of leather He make, or, or of skin. He makes for them his own One second, if this was sinful, so then how do you imagine that something sinful is what God's presenting to them? Alternatively, what the Torah is saying is this is your new reality. This is the reality we live within. So are you looking to escape it or are you looking to, tr- to help it, it transcend itself? to elevate the status and the stature of who we are. I mean, it's, it's the question and conversation we have all the time. I'm in this community, I'm a part of this family. If only I was elsewhere. Alternatively, I'm in this community, I'm in this family, I'm a part of this, how do I make this meaningful? 
The challenge is not about escaping, but getting away from the melacha. It's the Gemara, it's a statement in the Gemara, I think it was Rabbi Yohanan, he saw clothing as he called his clothing his uh, honorable part. He called his clothing mechabedai. He found honor in the clothing, which is the act of betrayal. That's right. The Gemara Masechet Shabbat has v'chibadeto me'asot irachecha. V'chibadeto, the kabod of Shabbat, is through clothing specifically. It quotes that in context. Because clothing and melacha are not something which, yes, maybe they're born forth, ironically, from an arur, from a curse. But once that's your reality, once that's our life, once this is the, the situation we've been dealt, you've been dealt, you're not going to turn this into a matter of meaning. Instead, you're going to consistently be looking to escape it. You're going to bring yourself to the depths of accepting from others instead of involving yourself appropriately in that which is your lot, which is your reality. It's, it's an implicit statement of Mesilati Sharim, not to be taken to extremes that there is no such reality of Melacha. No, no, no. But it's to say that for a person who is engaged in Melacha, to do it with honor, to respect that which they're doing and to understand that's what creates real respect for them. He says the hachamim who constantly and consistently lead us on darkeha emet on the path pathways on passageways of truth. Love melacha usnait rabbanut and 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 run away from high stature status positions of the pomp and ceremony of life. Again, that's the Korban Ha'omer. The Korban Ha'omer specifically coming after the man fell. Uh, don't understand it as a celebration just of the bread from heaven. It's rather the bread which is brought from the land, which we celebrate and we thank God for. Ve'amru ol. doesn't mean, I mean, he says rabbinic positions. Rabbinic positions we're defining broadly as many of the Mefarshim do as high-level positions. It is rabbinic positions as well. No, it's rabbinic positions as well. A position, a stature, is an unnecessary and potentially um, harmful um, reality that a person could have. Does that mean you shouldn't be a rabbi? Well, on purpose, <laughs> I avoided that because it doesn't mean that. You know, it'll, it'll defy any of our continuity as a nation. peshot nevelata beshuka velatemar gavra rabba ana kahana ana. The Gemara Masechet Pesachim, you should bring yourself to even um, um, taking the skin off of, of carcasses in the marketplace. And that's a very low-level job. That's something that, uh, you know, you, you have the lowest level of, of society involved in such dirty and public uh, uh, um, uh, uh, shameful acts. But you should do that instead of saying, if it's necessary, I'm an important person. This is below my status, below my honor. Uh, you should, uh, shouldn't say that I'm a kahana, I'm a kohen, I'm a priest, and as a result, this is below my honor. And furthermore, the rabbis have a statement in Masechet Bava Batra, involve yourself in something which is even foreign to you, something that feels unnatural to you, instead of being mitzarech labiriot, instead of accepting from others. What's the statement of being accept, of accepting from others that's being mentioned throughout? The way Harambam seems to have it, the way perhaps it's easiest for us to understand is we want to and should emulate Borei Olam in everything that we do. Borei Olam HaKadosh Baruch Hu is self-sustained, it's not dependent upon any other. And in turn, our involvement in Melacha, it's really the bedrock and the foundation of Harambam's position, which is not the mainstream position, although it's quoted as if it is. Harambam's position with regards to uh, the, those who are studying Torah and accepting from others, Harambam is vehemently opposed to that. Why is he so opposed? Why is he so against it? 
because for Harambam, uh, this concept of of trying to imitate Borei Olam, could and should be at the utmost and forefront of our mind, of our objective in life. And as a result of you accepting from others, you're effectively saying, I'm dependent upon others. You're not fulfilling the halakhta bidrachav appropriately. Yes, John? Doctor. Why is it that they talk about the halakhot of tzedakah, or the way you give tzedakah? You have a wealthy person that suddenly finds themselves in poverty. Right. They say the community should restore them to their former level of lifestyle right. through public contributions. But by this discussion, you might say, well, you know, we can't do that, but here's a job digging ditches. You can survive, you know, on that, on that respect. Why don't we just shunt them towards a job rather than telling them we have to fund their lifestyle, you know, from uh, public funds? Just because they were wealthy before. I, I, may, I, I don't have a simple answer. I'm not 100% oh, certain. Simple question. Um, but I imagine the question you're asking is that uh, in, in the context of a siddhaka, we're supposed to honor the person with regards to where they were instead right. of telling them, Peshot nevelata bishuka. But maybe right. Peshot nevelata bishuka, go and uh, skin the uh, carcass in the marketplaces where you get. I'll start off and see if you could restore them to that stature and that status through your funding instead of bringing them there. We have we have conflicting values over here. We have Kavoda Beriota as well. I don't know, so with regards to, maybe this is the easiest way to articulate it, with regards to what I, let's say I was in some dream, was the wealthy person. I should say, and Rabbi said to me, Peshot Nevelata Beshuka. But I'm not doing that. What's the community going to do? They're going to push me into that, or alternatively, they're going to try to uh, move me along to bring me back to that point. In other words, maybe it's it's with regards to how I can perceive of it, and with regards to the way we're going to uh, we're going to approach that person and push them, or alternatively assuage them. Why are you still looking at it differently? One's the mitzvah on the person, and one's the mitzvah on the community. Well, that's you know, what yeah, yeah. that's exactly what I'm suggesting. Cut, yeah. Right. Why is he saying to not look for it? Like he's almost, it's almost like he's saying it's impossible to have a good job and have money and not chase honor because he's saying chase something where you're not going to be in it. I mean, like my whole life, like anyone my age group, like young 20s, all about getting the best job, not like for honor, but for making the most money. He's yeah. saying like, don't even... No, I don't think he's saying that. Uh, quite the opposite. I mean, he's telling you, don't, uh, don't chase the honor. He is telling you at the same time, respect what you're doing and realize what you're doing does bring you respect. An appropriate, requisite respect. Oh, he's not saying not to involve yourself in work. Uh, quite the opposite. And, and how does it deal with like, like the the wealthy person? Is you like, like the community is supposed to like? Oh, I guess it's the same answer. There's not least in the community yeah. respect them, but for you, you can't feel correct. It says the kelal, the principle of the matter is that kabod, honor, is one of the greatest pitfalls and obstacles that human beings um, encounter. A person is not able to be an evid ne'eman to their creator, to Akadosh Baruch Hu, at any time while they're actually focused on their own kabod. That was maybe an implicit reference to the words of Harambam in, the con- in this context where Harambam has us running from any honor and being like Moshe Rabbeinu, the Evid Ne'eman, of course, to Borei Olam, who was uh, the Anaf Mikol Adam. The Torah tells us at the end of Parashat Beha'alotecha, 
מאוד מאוד הווה רוח, מסילת ישרים already side of us. Maybe what he's referring to, you can't be a Moshe Rabbeinu if you have any kavod atzmi, if you have any self-dignity in an inappropriate way. He's getting there, indeed. Indeed. Ki al panim lemaet So by definition, if you're focused on your own kavod, your own silly kavod, you're going to need to, in turn, take away from the kabod of Shamaim. You, you, can't, you can't balance two kibod, uh, two kabod situations in an appropriate way where one of them really is deserving of it. Zehu Mashe'amar David. Here it is, Ram. Zehu alav hashalom. Unikaloti od mizot vehayiti shafal be'enai. His statement to Michal at the time that he's dancing uh, during the Aron Berit uh, this past week's Haftarah, it says, the lower I come, the greater I am in terms of honoring HaKadosh Baruch Hu. V'hakabot ha'amiti eno ela yedi'at ha-Torah be'emet. Concludes Mesilat Yishayim, says, you're searching for true honor? Yeah, uh, sure. Melacha is mechabedet et ba'alea. Want true, genuine, authentic honor? That's knowledge of Torah. That's not flaunting knowledge of Torah, that's embodying knowledge of Torah. And so too you have in Masechet Avot, in Kabod el Torah, Shenemar Kabod Hachamim in Halu, Vezulatah in Oil Kabod Medume Vechozev. Any other Kabod a person might imagine for themselves is an imaginative Kabod. Honor, dignity. True honor and dignity is knowledge of Torah. Hevil ve'en bomo'il. It's like air without having any toilet, any uh, effectiveness. V'ra'ui hanaki lihinakot ulihitahir mimenu tahora gemura az yasliach. His concluding words in the context of nikiyut, of, uh, of, of, of cleansing ourselves, are distance yourself from kabod, from ta'ava, from self-dignity and honor in an inappropriate way. It's reminiscent for me of the words of Harambam at the end of Hilchot Lulav. See, Harambam at the end of Hilchot Lulav talks about what it is that a person searching for in, in Simha and what it is in that context that a person's mindset can and should be. To truly fulfill happiness. Is a, is, a, is a great endeavor. And any person who moves away from it and prevents it from themselves, the Pasuk says that you're going to be punished if you're not worshipping God with Simcha. And any person who has Hagasat Da'at. Any person who has a, a haughty and lofty mindset, and in turn uh, separates and takes for themselves, partitions for themselves, honor, and brings for themselves honor and uh, dignity. That's a sinner and it's a silly person. You're not going to bring yourself hidur in the context of kingship, of monarchy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And a person who alternatively brings themselves down, realizes that it's not their own self-dignity, it's not their own honor, but it's rather that of Borei Olam. That's a person 
who's, who's worshipping from Ahava. Those words of Arambam of Oved me Ahava are very important words. So Arambam wrote a whole section. He starts with Sefer Hamada and his 14 books of Mishneh Torah. And the second of those books is Sefer Ahava, the book of, we call it love, maybe dedication. What does it mean to, to attach yourself to God with love, with dedication? Arambam at the very end of Hilchot Teshubah, and Perik Yod of Hilchot Teshubah says it's constant thought of God. That's why when a person is constantly attached and dedicated to God, that's Ahava Amiti. That's not an easy matter. It's Avraham Avinu was the Ohev of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Says Arambam over here and filling out that thought, he says, how do you get to, he doesn't say it explicitly like this, but how do you get to constant thought of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? The answer is with less thought about yourself. Right? Was the more thought, the less thought you have about yourself, the more thought you have on true existence. Uh, the truth is that uh, the Hachamim envisioned the word Ani as being, uh, well, we say Ani in Hebrew means me. Uh, ironically, Hilel HaZaken in Masechet Sukkah Daf Nun Gimal, we're told, he used to say during Simhat Beit HaShoeva, Ima Ani Kan HaKol Kan. If I'm here, everything's here. Who used to say that? What's that? Who used to say that? Hilel HaZaken. That's a crazy statement. What a haughtiness. I can't, I can't find anything higher. Says Rashi, you want to know what Ani in that context is a reference to? To HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's the Mishnah over there. Uh, um, we say, Ani Vahu Hoshi'ana. Who's that referring to? It's a reference to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's an amazing thing. Ani is the greatest expression for the lay person of myself. Alternatively, the Hachamim envisioned the word Ani as a reference to the one and only Ani. That's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The less you consider yourself, the more room you make, both psychologically and emotionally, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You've opened up the true space for him. It's the, the Mekubalim envision the word Ani as being also reconstructed as Ayin, who are you truly... In Sof, it's been being HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In other words, the, the vision and the understanding as such. Now, that's not to say that you can't and won't find HaKadosh Baruch Hu through a true examination of yourself. I mean, quite the opposite. But there has to be a perspective. Once you can understand, Selim Elohim, you can understand, I'll find God through understanding myself best. After all, everything that surrounds me, I don't truly understand. If I want to attach myself to understanding... But there needs to be a mindset over there. Instead of losing yourself in yourself, uh, find something greater than yourself through analyzing yourself. The Chen concludes the Harambam. Rabbi David HaMelech Yisrael Amar, he cites the Pasuk from David HaMelech, Ve'ena gidula ve'hakavod, ela lismoach lifnei Hashem, shenema ve'hamelech David mefazez, u'mechakir lifnei Hashem. True simhath, true ahava, is realizing that my kavod, my own self-dignity, well, what am I? I'm, 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 and the more I consider myself, the less space and room I have for the kavod of Akadosh Baruch Hu, as Mesilat Yesharim articulated. Hine kalalti ad hena rabim mipirteh nikiyut, veze binyan av lechol she'ar mitzvot, vehamidot kula, mishma hacham yosif lekach, venavon tahbulot yikneh, says Mesilat Yesharim, I've incorporated and discussed over here many of the matters that will bring you to nikiyut, of course, there's, uh, there's so much more to, to understand and to develop and to be knowledgeable about with regards to coming to Nikiyut. By the way, on that concept of, uh, of Ani, I mentioned this on Pesach, um, the, the Pasuk in Yeshaya describes uh, Paro as saying that I, Ani, I'm the one who created, Li or Li I've created, and this Yeor is mine. 
That's the antithesis of what we say in the Haggadah, right? Ani velo shaliach, ani velo saraf. The Haggadah, effectively what we're doing is we're portraying HaKadosh Baruch Hu as the center of it. He's the Ani. It's, it's the opposite of the Egyptian society and culture. What is it in, uh, in Bereshit and Perek Memdalit? When Yosef is raised up to status, Paro turns to him and his first words are, Ani Paro. First words are, I'm Paro. I'm going to tell you, you have lots of power, but Ani Paro. The opposite of Ani Paro is Ani Velo Shaliach, Ani Velo Saraf, Ani Velo Malach. I'm the one who's involved. I am the Ani. Again, it's, it's a vision, it's a perspective, which is hard, and it's, and it's not simple for us. And, and it's, it's a Ramar, Bimoshe Yisulis, and Siman Aleph makes a statement about this, about envisioning this at the beginning of every day. I mean, this is not a simple thing. A simple thing, uh, we want to uh, somehow have a self-dignity that's appropriate, while at the same time realizing I can't overthink myself, because then I leave less room for the true source of existence for Borei Olam. Vihine, enani yachol hakhish sheyesh ksat Torah la'adam lahagia el hanikiyut hazeh. Says Mitzrayim Sharim, I can't deny the fact that to come to true nikiyut uh, takes a lot of effort. Afal pichen omer ani she'en tzarich kol kach kemo shenira lechaora. I will tell you nonetheless, it's not as much as it appears at first glance to come to Nikiyut. Again, Nikiyut is a state and being in which a person has risen to, well, full dedication. Well, they've cleansed themselves of even those tendencies and certainly the actions. He establishes over here that to come to Nikiyut, the most difficult part is not the action, but it's the determination, it's the mindset. If you wrap your head around, this is the lifestyle I want, if you've, uh, if you've committed yourself to growing in this direction, well, the actions won't be easy, but they'll be easier. When a person establishes in their mind to be a part of this midah, this character trait known as nekiyut, this is what it will take is some repetition. I'll repeat this and make this clear in Perik Yod Bet as well, but it says you need to just condition yourself. This is a matter which experience will prove. In other words, what, what he concludes with over here is, I know it's a daunting task. I know it's something, you know, that this, this, what comes to mind in this context is when young men approach me and they say, I really want to study in Israel following high school, but how am I going to dedicate myself to a full day of Torah? I could barely sit through my classes now. I can't focus. I can't sit for that long. And so my response always is, before you came into high school, this is for young men, before you came into high school, people asked you and you asked them, how am I going to be in the school until 5.30 every night? And not only that, you hear the kids are staying until 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock every night. How is it possible? How are you going to dedicate yourself? And the answer is, when you committed yourself to it and you just became a part of that system, it kind of came naturally. It wasn't something that, uh, as an outsider, you could appreciate it being a reality, but it's something once you committed yourself to it and became a part of, it did become something which was more natural for you. It's never easy, but it's more natural. The statement is in turn for me, in that context, for those individuals, for those young men, if this is what you want, but you have to decide this is what you want, and you, and you wrap your head around that and you commit yourself to that, and that's your mindset entering into it, it's going to become a reality. It's never going to be going to be easy. That's the statement of Misilad Yasharim in concluding this. He says to come to Nikiyut is going to be a lifelong endeavor, but it sounds like it's impossible. It's unachievable. 
and not so fast. Uh, first, think about what's your dedication. Think about what's your mindset. Determine, is this what I want? If this is truly what you want, it's true. We oftentimes will say, if you want something, start with the action. That's for all intents and purposes what he's telling us. Says, but if you start without the mindset, uh, well, if you don't have the proper mindset in this context, well, then it will be unachievable, it will be impossible. The next parak, what Mesilat Yishalim will address is, uh, briefly, he will detail for us that in order to come to Nikiyut, we have to have knowledge. And effectively, uh, to come to action, as he concluded over here, we have to have a determination, but we have to have a realization of what it is that I want to achieve. I can walk out and I can say, I'm going to be Naki, but you're not going to be a person who's achieving if you don't have a knowledge of it, which means to say, if anything else, and we'll read it again in Perek Yod Bet, Nikiyut is brought forth not only through the actions, but to condition yourself to them means to be knowledgeable about who you want to be, who you should be, and what you should be doing. Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.